Hare Krishna. So today morning, I'm grateful to be here at the lotus feet of their lordships, at the lotus feet of Srila Prabhupada. And since it's the auspicious month of Karthik going on, I'll speak from the 10th canto uh, based on the demons in Krishna Leela, the explanation that Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur has given. I'll take uh, in the, I'll take uh, today I'll talk about the demon of Aghasur. Now I'll recite I'll just recite read out one verse from the Bhagavatam. So this is the killing of the demon Aghasur comes in the tenth chapter, tenth uh, canto, twelfth chapter, twelfth uh, chapter. That is the killing of the demon Aghasur, and this is 10, 12, 19. Aho mitrani gadata sattvam kutam purasthitam asmat sangrasan vyatta vyalatundayate nava. Aho mitrani gadata. So kindly repeat the word for translation. Aho. Aho. O. Mitrani. Friends. Gadata. Just let us know. Satvakutam, dead python, dead python, purhasthitam, as it is just before us all, asmat, all of us, sangrasana, to devour us together, to devour us all together. Vyata Vyala Tunda Yate The python has spread its mouth. Nava Whether it is a fact or not. Translation purport by the followers of Srila Prabhupada. Translation The boy said, Dear friends, is this creature dead? Or is it actually a living python with its mouth spread wide just to swallow us all? Kindly clear up this doubt. Purport. The friends began to discuss among themselves the reality of the wonderful creature laying before them. Was it dead? Or was it actually a living python trying to swallow them up? So... So this is the section in which Krishna has gone out with his cowherd friends out into the forest. In fact, this is the first demon, Aghasur, is the first demon that Krishna kills outdoors. When the children are very small, they are taken care of by their parents and they can't even go out alone. It's too risky and they are not mature enough. So, Putana, Trunavart, Shaktasur, the three demons whom Krishna has killed till now, they came into the house of Krishna or into the courtyard at least. Putana came right into the house. Shaktasur was a cart outside his house. And when Trunavart came, Yashodamai was sitting in the courtyard outside her house. But now Krishna has started growing up and Krishna has been entrusted the care of the cows. So, he has started 
going outside now. Oh, just before this, this is the 12th chapter, just before this, the Damodar Leela has happened. And Krishna has delivered the Nalakur and Manigriu, the two, uh, the twin devatas who had become the giant trees. So when Krishna ventures out with his friends, this pastime just comes before the pastime of the well-known Brahma Vimohan Leela. Where Lord Brahma is, he tries to test Krishna and he is outwitted by Krishna completely. So in this particular narrative, Krishna goes out into the forest with his friends to herd the cows. Now the, the bigger cows are herded by the cowherd men. And Krishna is a cowherd boy. So we could say he's more precisely a calf herd boy. He's taking care of the cows, small cows, smaller uh, baby cows or small cows. And while he is going out, he also has a jolly good time playing around in the forest. Vrindavan forest is elaborately described in books such as Anandandavan Champu by Kavikarnapur and Gopal Champu by Jiva Goswami. And there they describe the forest is free from all dangers. That actually there is absolutely no, uh, no predatory animals over there. That everything in Vrindavan is meant for enhancing the pleasure of Krishna. For enhancing the reciprocation of love between Krishna and his devotees. And with that purpose in mind, the forest of Vrindavan provides Krishna all comforts, all facilities for enjoyment, excitement and exploration. But even in the best of places, bad things do happen. And especially when Krishna is here in the material world, then there are demons who come in and disrupt things. So Srila Prabhupada explained that in the spiritual world there are no demons, but there are rumors of demons. Because the rumors enhance the flavor. There is fear, there is suspense, there is sometimes horror. And all that intensifies devotion. The demons themselves have no entry into the spiritual world. But when Krishna manifests in the material world, there is, a, there is a curious, mysterious interplay between the material and the spiritual when the supreme spiritual reality descends to this world. At that time, from the spiritual world, when the supreme lord descends, he is he himself is spiritual. Many of his intimate associates are spiritual. And he spiritualizes the people around him. But not all people are spiritualizable. Some people have materialistic consciousness and because of their consciousness, they stay materialistic. Just like in the Mahabharata, Krishna came personally to Duryodhan and Krishna even demonstrated his Vishwarupa, his universal form. And yet, the, the, the demon that Duryodhan was, he was unfazed, he was not transformed at all. So such demoniac people are also there throughout history and in fact a significant number of people in the soul number of souls in the material world tend to be demoniac so some demoniac souls come to Vrindavan also now Kamsa is the source who is sending all these demons and when Kamsa sends these demons 
his apprehension is that what will happen if these demons uh, that he wants krishna to be killed by these demons but at the same time he has had three of his more most powerful demons killed by krishna now for kamsa it was shocking if you have if you have some kind of mafia lord mafia don and that he has got some powerful hitmen who go and eliminate people and he sends the hitman for ordinary hit job just like a yellow finish off a child and then mysteriously that hitman ends dead of course putana was not a hitman she was a hit woman you could say but either way she they all end up dead so he shocked how can such a thing happen oh, who is this now kamsa does not know for sure that krishna is the son of devaki that krishna is his going to be his nemesis but still he recognizes that krishna must be someone powerful otherwise how in the wide world could he have caused the death of three of his powerful demons so therefore when the other demons go in they think that we will try to catch krishna on neutral territory if a sports match is there if there's between two matches then a home ground advantage is there sometimes for the team that is playing so vrindavan they think is krishna's home but he's in the forest then he's a neutral ground we'll catch him there and many of the demons who come in krishna leela they try to conceal their demoniac nature by coming in particular forms so because we for example know of uh, aghasur primarily in the form of a snake that he has come that's why we often call him also as snake demon but aghasur was a demon in his own right and demons also have their forms but they take particular forms for particular purposes so the body is like a dress as we know from the bhagavad gita vasam sijirnani atha vihaya navani grahnati naro parani atha sharirani vihaya jirnani anyani sanyati navani dehi in 2.21 the bhagavad gita krishna says when the body gets on worn and uh, worn out then the soul gets a new body so the body is like a dress which the soul gets by one's own karma now some souls can have a special karma by which they can change their body temporarily even within a particular life span that means that even while they are going through one life normally we change our body in a dramatic sense the body is constantly changing at every moment but in a dramatic sense the body changes at the point of death and rebirth but some souls can assume some other body temporarily now we have today we have fancy dress competitions recently there was halloween where people dress in all kinds of uh, peculiar ways so here an external add on is done to they acquire a costume by putting on some makeup putting on some dresses and they try to change their appearance but when the demons demons want to change themselves it's not that they put on something it's not that there's a aghasur is a demon and is put on a snake dress on top of that sometimes when we have dramas or when we perform of krishna leela in our temples then some people may just put on the snake skin or something like that to look like a snake demon but in the case of demons like this they actually internally by their mystic powers they manifest a form like this and by manifesting such a form they attract people they captivate people 
and once they captivate people then whatever ulterior motive they want to fulfill they try to fulfill so <clears throat> normally when do we conceal ourselves that is usually when we don't want to be detected so the demons in a sense they have no reason to conceal themselves because krishna uh, because they are very powerful and krishna is such a small child now some if there is some remote forsaken part of the world where there is not much rule of the law and then some people want to go and attack over there they may not even conceal themselves they might just sneak in they, they might charge in and destroy everything and go away but say some terrorists want to come into a, some high security building then they will try to disguise themselves they want to sneak in they don't want to be detected till the point when they actually do their work when they have to do their work at that time they have to bring out their cover so similarly <clears throat> the demons they are very powerful but because there is a track record where krishna in the past has killed several demons three of them at least so at least i say because the bhagavatam does not necessarily give a complete record of all the past time that krishna has performed so krishna may have killed some other demons also that we do not know about in the bhagavatam that we have in the the acharyas described that the bhagavatam in the heavenly planets is much much bigger than the bhagavatam that we have over here so but krishna has killed several demons till now so that's why when aghasur comes along he does not charge into rindavan he sneaks in and tries to mix with the surroundings so one way of mixing with the surroundings in the forest is to be like animal so he becomes he takes the form of a snake and as a snake he the the word snake is very is closely it sounds also like the word sneak somebody sneaks into a place and in they quietly come in without being noticed so snakes if you are not looking at the ground they can just sneak in somewhere so of course aghasur when he comes he has two purposes first is that he doesn't want to be detected that's why he comes in as a snake but he knows that he can't hide eventually he has to catch krishna so he also assumes a form that is huge so that if he is seen whoever sees him will become paralyzed will become stunned will become both shocked and intrigued and that is the re- very reaction that he expects is what the reaction he gets from the cowherd boys the cowherd boys see him and this they never seen anything like this in the wilderness the previous verses over here have described his giant form you know he has huge teeth protruding from his mouth and his it seems like his jaws are opened they are going almost up to the sky the huge and his body seems to be so long so he is a python now uh, <clears throat> snakes normally bite and that's how they attack and kill but pythons are different kinds of snakes they perform they they are part of the broad reptile family similar nature but pythons they don't just bite they swallow and normally when a person is bitten with a snake they just die because of the poison but in the but at least the body remains but when when the python eats the python basically the body itself disappears the body is swallowed so it's scary 
Now, when people go out into uh, the jungles or wherever they go for trekking or adventure sports or uh, exploring whatever, at that time, uh, to be to be killed by an animal is fearsome. It's always fearful to die. To be killed by a snake is fearful. But even in death, we are actually attached to our body. So thought that our body itself will not exist. That means nobody will be able to perform last rites, whether it is burial in the Abrahamic tradition or there is cremation in the Vedic tradition, whatever it is. So the idea that the body at least should be given, you could say, a cultured send-off. The soul has already gone off. But the body, when in a cultured way it is, it is disposed, it is, it is done with it, then that is a proper way to send the soul off respectfully. So traditionally, even when people would be killed in the war, it would be, in a war there is no time to do the last rites of people. But after the war gets over, and the bodies are given some kind of last rites. So, but if somebody swallowed, then there is no chance of any last rites at all. And it's considered to be a very uh, gruesome death, both from the physical point of view of the body being destroyed, but also from the point of view of the body doesn't get any last rites. That's why when Ra Lord Ram goes to the forest, and then he comes in the middle of India to a place called Ramtek, and there he sees a huge mound of bones which are there. And these are the bones of, these are the, all the sages that the Rakshasas, the man-eating demons, the cannibals have eaten. And after eating all those, they can't eat the bones. So in order to create terror in the people around nearby and to make a parade of how many sages they have killed, they have piled all the bones together like a victory piling, a trophy. And when Ram sees that, he's furious. And he says, I, I take a vow here that I will rid the world of these demoniac uh, upstarts, disruptors, cannibals. And that's what he does eventually. So the point I'm making here is uh, to be devoured where the body also is not available for any remains is itself a very scary very grisly prospect. And Aghasur plans to do this to Krishna and his associates, whoever might be there. And as he comes in, uh, as the Krishna and his associates are coming to the forest, they look at this, what is this? Children are naturally curious. Whenever they come to a new place, say, what is that? What is that? If there are parents or elders who are ready to answer their questions, Curious, curious children can have endless questions. You know, what is this? What is this? What is this? So now, of course, the children are themselves together. So they, they see something and they, hey, what is that? Let's see that. Let's see that. And then, as they're looking around, they suddenly see this huge python. And Aghasur is lying down there motionless. So he's lying down motionless because... He wants to not alarm or alert the uh, cowherd boys who are coming. So he just strides the motionless and then the Rajwa and the Rajwasi kids, children they start thinking, what is happening? So is this real? If it's a real snake demon, it's scary. But if it is not, then is it some kind of magical play? 
some item <coughs> children like to play in some various ways sometimes we go to amusement parks or even normal parks that are there there are slides there are places where people can climb up and sometimes yeah, some slides are some kind of toy items are fashioned in a way that they are suitable for children so i was at a park in australia and there i saw that i was just going for a program they saw that actually they had shaped their swings their slides and various like various animals so they had this you climb up onto of a go up a stairs and you climb down and it's like the the there's a close passage through which the kids go down but it was shaped like a python so from up you go inside and you slide down and go round 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 and then you come out of its tail so kids like to have some kind of exciting sports sports playful things to do and kids like to play with animals also so both of them can be combined in this way so the rajivas is the raja gopas thought that is this is this some fun thing is this some toy is something which you can play with and as they were asking krishna they were so young and playful and impetuous that they didn't even think what is it really they asked krishna and before krishna could answer they said let's explore and they started walking inside when they walked inside at that time krishna was observing and krishna was thinking krishna when he saw this immediately became suspicious and then he recognized this is a demon but his gopa friends were so playful and so we could say restless that the play and rest are opposite so they were playful and restless they just couldn't stay in one place so yes they just went inside and before krishna could stop them they were inside and now krishna was thinking what to do so he also decided to go inside and as he entered into this demon's mouth now the kids were thinking okay this is just something to play with and that's how they were entering otherwise they would not enter into a demon's mouth like this but as soon as they entered aghasur was waiting for this opportunity itself and he had been completely motionless till then but then tuck, he closed his mouth and suddenly krishna and the vrajivas and the vrajagopas found themselves trapped inside this fearsome demon not knowing what to do how to move on now and as they were thinking like this Uh, the toxic substances in his stomach were so great that uh, nobody could survive over there and from above krishna uh, krishna's pastimes are often watched by the demons by the devtas because the devtas are concerned uh, that krishna should be able to kill the demons and therefore what they do is that they they often do the necessary that is required for you could say cheering krishna on so now aghasur is such a fearsome demon normally you know if there are two people who are fighting if it's a sports match you can cheer on whichever party you want but if it's a real fight between say two gang gangsters they're fighting then people are afraid to cheer anyone because if one gangster wins and we have been cheering the opposite person then this gangster may get on our case how dare you cheer my opponent so the devtas in this case were not cheering aghasur cheering krishna 
they are watching from above they thought sagasur is a very scary demon they are just watching without speaking anything but as soon as krishna entered into that demon's mouth at that time they started becoming fearful and they started lamenting oh what has happened krishna is krishna has died as i said there is to enter into someone's mouth is is to enter into death so now when krishna goes inside this is, krishna is still unaffected there are several cases in the lord's past in the scriptures where somebody enters into someone's mouth it's like you have gone into the jaws of death it's it's sometimes in sports matches it says if it's a very close match so victory was snatched from the jaws of defeat that means if you go into somebody's jaws it's almost that you are going to be killed but somehow you come out of the jaws but in the scriptures it's not only you go into the jaws from the jaws you go into even the belly still you come out so this happens on several occasions vritra vritrasur swallows indra but then indra kills vritrasur from within similarly when <clears throat> hanuman is flying across the ocean at that time a demoness simhika swallows him and then he comes out from her belly so it's a it said that we should not we should not think that we are victorious till we are actually victorious so don't count you count your as they say in a poultry business they don't count your eggs till the hens have hatched till the, don't count your chicken till the eggs have hatched or whatever so don't count your victory too much in advance so agasur thought yes my mission successful but krishna had his own plan krishna from inside the mouth inside, he went inside the belly of agasur and from there he just ripped open agasur's belly and agasur who had thought that oh i won suddenly one moment he felt a wrenching unbearable pain in his abdomen as krishna started hitting it from within and before he could comprehend anything he just was dead if somebody attacks us from outside we can at least fight from fight them but if somebody is inside us and they attack from inside what can we do practically we have no defense resources at all so in general krishna in vrindavan doesn't use any weapons and krishna in vrindavan doesn't even have to fight much now there's there is action but there is no sustained action it is not that enemy attacks and krishna dodges and then krishna attacks back and then enemy dodges no it is krishna playfully bala kreeda kamiva uddhava while remembering krishna's past times in the third canto says that krishna kills the demons like a bala kreeda kamiva just as a child may play with toys so similarly krishna just effortlessly kills aghasur and when aghasur his belly is opened wide and he is dead then the demons start the demigods start cheering from above they start showering flowers celebrating krishna's extraordinary victory that krishna has not only come out of the jaws of death krishna has come out of the belly of death you could say so such is the extraordinary potency of krishna shri krishna bhagwan ki jai so now bhaktivinod thakur describes that different demons represent different things so he talks about this both in chaitanya shikshamrit as well as in krishna samhita chaitanya shikshamrit is like one of his classic books and krishna samhita is also one of his books so there he describes 
that aghasu represents cruelty and violence so if we, i'll talk about this for a few minutes uh, that violence is just a fact of life if sometimes when we live in cities and there are so many noises and there is so much pollution we may feel that oh i would like to live in a scenic forest area of course here it's beautiful you have greenery all around but if we were i will be serene living in a remote forest but actually forest life is not all that pleasant in the jungle if we go as is the law of the jungle darwin did get some part right he talked about survival of the fittest so yes that's true anybody who is unfit will be killed of course prabhupada had a refutation that also prabhupada said they talk about survival of the fittest but the fact is even the fittest don't survive nobody survives ultimately just the fittest survive longer than the unfit but the point is forest life jungle life is very cruel the law of the jungle is might is right and everybody is sooner or later killed everybody dies so dharma when the when the mahabharat as well as the hitopadesh say the dharma is what differentiates human from animals ahara nidra bhaymaitunam cha samanyam etat pashu bhirnaranam dharmo hitesham adiko vishesho dharme nahina pashu bhi samanah so without dharma humans are like animals Now, dharma doesn't refer to necessarily say some religious practices say that doing some puja of some deities or doing some prayers to god dharma essentially refers to that philosophical quest which inspires humans to curb their animal nature there is animal nature within everyone but uh, that nature is curbed by social regulation and by spiritual revelation social regulation refers to the government rules that are there there say if sometimes there are disasters there are hurricanes or there are earthquakes sometimes such abnormal situations they can bring out the best within people or they can bring out the beast within people so bring out the best means sometimes people help anyone and everyone you know you are homeless come and stay with my in my place i'll offer you this sometimes people there are extraordinary acts of uh, humanitarian compassion and courage that are seen in disaster prone areas but sometimes there are acts of barbaric violence and despotism that are also seen when uh, when people are already afflicted they're homeless their homes are ruined and they're just going with their suppositions some thugs may come and they just plunder everything strip people of everything so that is horrendous so, so the point which i am making here is that cruelty and violence are just facts of existential existence but in some people or in some situations the cruelty and violence become far far more than others and when this happens it can cause great suffering to people so everybody has anger but just a angry person is not considered to be cruel or violent all of us we have 
within us based on our upbringing or based on our culture there are certain boundaries which we will not cross we all get angry but when we get angry some of us may just yell at someone some of us may just decide not to talk with anyone is give the other person the silent treatment some of us may just uh, go away from somewhere for some time just to process that anger some people might just take a boxing bag and beat the boxing bag but some people when they get angry they might become physically abused they might think things take things and throw at the other person they might take a gun and shoot other people so uh, when this norm anger is a normal human emotion but when the expression of anger goes beyond civilized boundaries then that person becomes dangerous so demons are not just uh, are not just beings with some peculiar forms it is a demon doesn't have to have a horn on their head or teeth coming off their mouth to be demons demons are basically uh, souls like us but souls whose lower nature has no civilized boundaries to it so agasur represents that 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 nature that aspect within us of cruelty and violence that even a person who is uh, normally who would want to kill a child that to kill anyone is is brutal it is ghastly but to kill a child is unspeakably ghastly to kill a number of children a series of children together it's it's outrageously brutal so in agasur came he wanted to kill so many people now we may say that we don't have that kind of cruelty or violence that is true you know those who are practicing bhakti the anger's expression may not be to that extent but we can also be cruel and violent in our own ways how can that be it is usually if we consider cruelty and violence it is in our relationship with others there can be verbal violence there can be verbal cruelty when we are practicing bhakti and we are sharing bhakti it's very important that we represent krishna properly i was talking with a uh, with a prominent uh, preacher in our movement and he was telling me his realization that now we often think of taking credit i may, because of me so many people became devotees i preached and this person became a devotee i preached and this person became a devotee and this person became a devotee he says but how often do we count because of me how many people did not become devotees because of the way i spoke because of the way i conducted myself because of the way i may i may have become too argumentative too egoistic sometimes if some people have different opinions then we may come down too heavily on them you know we may become insensitive and so many people we may alienate from us from krishna not just from us from krishna so for us to to represent the glorious gaudi vaishnav tradition the glorious bhakti tradition which la prabhupada has given to us it's a great responsibility and if we don't present the krishna message properly many many people may go away anudvegakaram vakyam satyam priyahitam chet swadhyaya abhyasanam chaiva vanmayam tapa uchyate krishna in 17.15 the bhagavad gita says that austerity of speech means to speak in a way that is non agitating that it is truthful that is pleasing that is beneficial 
and that follows scriptural guidelines. So for us, there is an aghasur within us and that aghasur within us may impel us towards violence and cruelty. So that violence and cruelty may come out where somebody is coming from some conception and we are trying to give them some higher understanding. But if they don't agree, we just trample over them. And the result of that is that they just get alienated. Now, Prabhupada was expert in dealing with different people in different occasions. And Prabhupada said that if especially, I'll conclude with one point about verbal violence and how to avoid it. That sometimes we feel strongly tempted to put people in their place. How dare you speak like this? How dare you say like this? Put people in their place. It said instead of putting people in their place, put yourself in their place. That means think from their perspective. Try to understand what they are thinking, understand what they are feeling and then respond. See, whenever people, so for example, in today's world, people may uh, be following some other spiritual teacher of maybe of dubious credentials and they may have some strange philosophies or whatever. And you feel, this is absurd. Why do you believe such stuff? And we may feel that I am helping them to rise to a higher level. Which is true. We are meant to rise to a higher level. Help them to rise to a higher level. But for them, that might be just one shred of truth that they have. Suppose like it's cold now. Not very cold. But suppose it's very cold. And then somebody has got just a torn cloth to wear. The torn cloth doesn't really protect them from the cold. But if we, if we try to rip off the torn cloth, our intention might be that we want to, I'll give you a warm cloth, a good warm dress to wear and you'll be better off. But if that is the only dress they have, uh, that is the only thing protecting them from cold, they will, they will fight to their life to not give it up. So first we have to give them the new cloth. You can wear this. And when they wear it, oh, it, it comforts them, it protects them. Then they will themselves drop the earlier cloth because this doesn't really fit. This doesn't really protect me. But if first we make them give up that earlier cloth, they will, they will be so fearful that they will not give it up. So similarly, the people have some experience, some logic, something they have got by which they have got some understanding of things. And if we tell them to give up that understanding first, it's like telling them to give up the cloth. Although that cloth may not be protecting them properly, but still that is all they have. So what we need to do is, present Krishna consciousness in a way that they become ready to accept it. And in accepting Krishna consciousness, something has to be rejected, no doubt. But the rejection doesn't have to come first. The acceptance can come first. Instead of telling people how what they believe is wrong, we can tell them how Krishna consciousness makes sense. If we do that, if we follow that approach, just explain how Krishna consciousness makes sense. And if, and if they have certain beliefs, we can, without being critical of them or critical of their teachers, whoever it may be. Because people, when they themselves are attacked, they become defensive. And if some people whom they consider to be sacred, they are attacked, they become ultra-defensive. They become, become aggressive also. And the ego is such a thing, once the ego goes into defensive, even a nuclear bomb cannot lodge it apart. So once people go into defensive, then we can never enter their hearts. We cannot enter their heads also. So therefore, 
wherever they are at, we try to connect Krishna with them. Make help present Krishna in such a way that it makes sense to them. And as it starts making sense, then oh, this makes sense. This makes sense. This makes sense. Then they will accept it, and thus we'll be able to bring Krishna into their hearts, into first into their heads, into their hearts, and thus they will get the fruit of Krishna bhakti. blossoming in their hearts and enriching their lives in due course so i'll summarize i spoke today about the demon aghasur and i started by talking about how some demons came inside krishna's house but aghasur the demon who came outside and children are actually curious so when they saw this demon they thought it's a plaything and they the deem to be killed is bad enough to be devoured so that there's no body left it's especially brutal and aghasur came in that form wanting to finish off krishna so he was motionless because he wanted to conceal his malevolent intention and catch the children off guard and krishna once aghasur when he devoured krishna he thought i've already won but krishna was inside and krishna from inside did a inside out job and finished him off so aghasur represents cruelty and violence anger is there within all of us but in demoniac people the anger goes beyond civilized bounds and thus they they can act in horrendous ways when they become angry so in the animal world there is a might is right which is the rule in the human world dharma is social regulation and a spiritual revelation which keeps people under control but when dharma is rejected as the demons do then every then social order crumbles so all of us we may also succumb to cruelty and violence when we insensitively try to thrust our philosophy down people's throats so instead of forcing instead of ripping off whatever cloth they have from their bodies we give them the cloth of krishna bhakti and that means instead of forcing them to reject what they believe just explain to them how what we practice makes sense and as they accept it gradually their misconceptions will go away so thank you very much gantraj shrimad bhagavatam ki shrila prabhupad ki gaur bhakta vrind ki tai gaur premanand ki thank you